Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Benched with Bubba, continuing our season team previews for the 2023 fantasy baseball season to get you ready to go as drafts. It's February 1st now as we're recording. It's crazy. It's flying by. We're ready to roll. We're in the National League East. We're with the most expensive team almost. Almost. I know it's not the most, but almost. Most. Give them Otani next year. They will be the most expensive team in baseball. We're talking New York Mets, which is a lot of fantasy relevance to discuss. And in order to do that, I have a special guest a uh, fellow partner of mine in Gaining the Edge Fantasy. Um, you can find him on Twitter at SP Streamer, Mr. Michael Simeone. How are we doing, my friend? Good. Thanks for having me on. And uh, I'm curious to see how much he really throws at Otani. Um, I think he's he's got to be the first half-billion-dollar contract, I would think. It's going to be nuts. If he has another year like he had last year, like this year, like, oh, man, the, the floodgates will open for that contract. And I don't yes. think we're going to have Carlos Correa problems. So, no. um, yeah, we, we, we shared something in common there, Michael. Uh, I know. We, we I both know. got to enjoy that. So sad. So oh, sad. Man. I think we got to enjoy it longer, but that's okay. Yeah. And you guys actually <laughs> seemed like op- like mine kind of came out of nowhere. Like, hey, they just backed out like the last yeah. minute. Yours, it felt like there's be like a rumor, like, hey, there's a Mets contract on it in the back of his picture. He's going to sign like all these different things, and then just somehow didn't happen. I'll give Cohen credit though, as a businessman that spends money, he at least made it. You know, hey, I don't trust your health, so I'll give you this deal, but you got to take a physical every year for the mm-hmm. first six years. Like, I don't see what's wrong with that personally. If I'm giving you that kind of money, apparently Craig didn't like it. Yeah, I mean, I think clearly something. He knows something's wrong there, and there's probably risk. And I guess I, I don't know. He left a lot of money on the table, so yeah. And the twins don't care, so it's good. Good, yeah. For the clearly, <laughs> um, like I mentioned, uh, gaining the edge fantasy. If you want to let everybody know what you got going on, you've been uh, busting out your projections and all your other good stuff. So why don't you let everybody know what you are bringing to the table at this point in time over there? Yeah, most of you guys are kind of everywhere, but I took like a major step back this season, and I'm only on gaining the edge. Um, that's it. And uh, I basically tomorrow, actually, um, I have all my projections are being released to the Patreon. Made a spreadsheet for each position. Um, so those will be out. And uh, yeah, I think after that, I'm going to do some like draft recaps to like discuss 
my thinking and like mistakes that I realized I did uh, after, you know, for certain picks and stuff like that. So that'll be next. And then we'll be getting into the season and I'll be doing streamers every day and all that good stuff. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I can't wait to, it's been fun already watching just like our, our group text is one of the funniest things on the planet. Like there's a lot oh of good, there's a lot of good <laughs> that takes place in there, obviously like, you know, strategizing what we're doing and stuff, but then there's always just like the 12 straight text messages from Curlin. Then you're like, hey, where, where should I start on this? <laughs> or and, there's the, I look at my phone, there's 80 text messages. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not reading this. <laughs> and I remember there was one day, I can't remember what I was doing. I come back, I had, I, I even screenshot of the alert number on my messages. I'm like, Hey guys, Curlin, like mainly Curlin. Can you guys like stop? <laughs> Two minutes. I'm not reading yeah. this. Yeah. That's uh, all right. Stuff. It's good. Though. It's, <laughs> it's a good uh, mixture of the four of us, I think. So looking forward to the season here. But let's talk New York Mets. And as we do on this, uh, these previews, we go hitters, we go pitchers, and anything else that uh, tickles the fancy of the team being discussed. <laughs> and we're talking uh, big meat Pete, Pete Alonzo. This guy is pretty darn impressive. And I've taken a, a, a 180 on him. I was kind of getting back in on him last year, but, you know, before that, I wanted to like, I want to see the plate discipline. I wanted to see certain mm-hmm. things. And he's pretty much seems like an absolute monster. The power is really legit. Like one of the few guys you wouldn't be shocked if he hit 50 home runs, but like 40s in the bag. And he actually hits for average for a big dude, which is pretty nice. So what's your thoughts on Pete this year, who uh, with an ADP as of, you know, the last six drafts, last two weeks on NFBC DCs, he has a ADP of 18 right now. Yeah, I love Alonzo. I mean, aside the fact from besides fantasy baseball for a second, uh, it's just very funny to see someone who's has like a dad bod be so good (laughs) at a sport at such an elite level. It's it's amazing. I mean, if you're a New York, if you're a New York Giants fan, you kind of know what that's like, because I am a New York Giants fan. And Eli Manning was that for so long. Like Mm -hmm. there's a famous picture of him on the beach with a like a beer belly holding a a pal or whatever. But anyway, um, so I love that about him. But yeah, fancy, he is great. Um, like you said, a lot of people want to wait for that plate discipline. I was kind of on him last year a little bit. I wish I had more shares, but um, I mean, if you look at his numbers every year, his swing strike percentage goes down, has gone down from 13 to 11 to 10%. His zone contact has gone up from 85 to 86 to 87 it's like every season he's just making strides in terms of plate discipline and upping that average. So I just think he's super safe in terms of the four categories minus steals, obviously, although he had five last year. So who knows? But um, the power floor is just so high. I mean, you're expecting him to hit 40, which you can't say about a lot of hitters. And he has hit over 50 before. So it's obviously always a possibility. Yeah, I'm 100% with you. And it's interesting to see it goes like Vlad, Freddie, and Pete in drafts right now between picks like 12 and 18. So they're kind of going around the same time. And they all have their like um, good reasons behind where they're going. And also, you wouldn't be shocked if it kind of – it's a different order at the end of the year with those three guys just based on mm-hmm. overall production. But uh, I won't give away. I know how you look at these three guys based on your projections that will be released tomorrow but um pete definitely deserves to be in there i know that much for sure so yeah for sure i've been been looking forward to him quite a bit in drafts 
Let's go to shortstop, and this is a fun one too. Francisco Lindor, um, his second season with the Mets last year, and he definitely looked much more comfortable and much more like mm-hmm. the Francisco Lindor we've all come to expect. And the crazy thing is, he's only twenty nine this year. Like he's been, yeah. been playing. Yeah, it's, for, been playing it's like crazy when you think about it. Yeah, I expect him to be like thirty five. <laughs> yeah, it's like and there's a bunch of guys I've noticed this year. It's just like wow, but you know the power, the speed, even the counting stats were nuts. So, so what's your expectations on year three with Francisco in New York? Yeah, um, I mean, as a real baseball player, he's unbelievable. Probably the most valuable player on our team, obviously, because of his defense is just ridiculous. I mean, he makes play after play. Uh, In terms of fantasy, obviously really good, too. I think the thing with Lindor is you're getting kind of like Alonzo. You're getting that high floor. And I think sometimes he slips a little bit because people might find him a little boring, if that makes sense. Because mm-hmm. um, you know you're going to get 20 and like 15 were with the possibility of 20 and 20 and a good average. Um, but I think I think he doesn't. I think he does everything very well, but he doesn't do anything at an elite elite level. You know what I mean? So I think yeah. people just kind of like push him off to the side. But he clearly was pressing in 2021. He was just trying. You know, new team wanted to do everything he could. And, just wasn't himself at the plate. And then he finally took a step back and relaxed at the plate last year and looked a thousand times better. So I think he's going to easily replicate what he did last season. If not, I think it's going to be better. I mean, he has hit 30 home runs in three different seasons. He has stolen 20 bases in two different seasons. So I think a 30, 20 could be in there possibly, which would be amazing. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, guys, I'm with you. I think people think he's just kind of boring. Like, like 20 and 15 is cool, but is it worth, you know, an ADP of like 33? And people kind of start second guessing it. But I think if you're taking Lindor at that ADP range, there, you know, getting a 15 teamer, that's kind of your two, three turn area. If not, you're in a 12 team back in around three. And mm-hmm. I think what, what, what the people that are drafting him is the idea of like, hey, 30 home runs happened not too long ago. Um, the 20 stolen bases. And I love, like I said, 98 runs, 107 RBIs. Like the counting stats from your middle infielder, like that is pretty impressive as well because usually those guys are going like round one uh, type stuff. So I'm much more on him this year than I was last year. Obviously, he costs more this year. He didn't need it last year. But you look at the shortstops going after him. I mean, like Corey Seager is cool. He doesn't steal. Tommy Edmond, we know that story. O'Neill Cruz, <laughs> O'Neill Cruz, it's like could maybe Swanson, upside like, is there, but not yeah. before. Yeah, it's like you look at what Lindor does, and you know it's it's a weird drop off kind of at shortstop. If you want like that floor ceiling combo, and he he really brings it. So I'm with you on that 100 uh, when it comes to I call Frenchie Lindor. Um, hmm. Let's go to Starling Marte, and this one is a, a troublesome one to me, and probably Mets fans also in a real life perspective because. Like when we even did our outfield rankings, the news was not out, and I was looking at his ADP of like sixty-eight, and I'm like, okay, that's cool. You know, we still got like, we talk floors, even when he's not super productive, he's still fifteen, fifteen potentially with upside, maybe who knows. Um, but now he might not even be ready to start the season. So, yeah. what's the word on the New York streets and how are we feeling for fantasy with that? Yeah, no, uh, it was the core issue, right? And he's just they don't know if he's going to be ready for spring training. It's kind of just a shot in the dark. I think the problem with him too is. Uh, I mean, it's hard to say because he, he doesn't really miss a, a he hasn't really missed a ton of time. Um, but he is 34. Um, so you're kind of like wondering when's that cliff gonna happen. But he did play well last season. I mean, he did steal 18 bags and hit for average, which is what you're looking for with him. But yeah, I mean, age now with that core issue. Um, I don't know. 
I don't know if they're going to try and limit him on the bases to begin the season, like if he is starting the season or even when he gets back. Um, he's so hard to predict right now. I think it's just a matter of you got to wait for news. So, like, I think he's someone that you kind of just stay away from fantasy until you get, you know, more news on him, which comes with a, a couple of players. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's just my opinion. I mean, I would still think he's going to get – I, I mean, he'll still probably hit 500 plate appearances, which you can't hate on. And which means I, I would just see like a replication of last year, maybe, I don't know, maybe slightly worse, but that's still not bad. Yeah, he, still, he only played in 119 games last year. So like, even if he misses time and gets 118, that was 16 homers, 18 steals, going to hit for average. Just depends like at that ADP, is it worth it? We were, were hoping like a few years back, it was the 2020 guy. I'm not sure we're going to see that 47 steel guy we saw in 2021. Thanks to the A's, that ain't happening. But it's also like you mentioned the 500 plate appearances. That's just the thing he does. Like like you said, injured or not, he should get you at least 500. Yeah. And then um, the interesting thing with him is, you know, roster resource not the not the end all be all, but they project him to hit second. If he hits second in front of those guys in that lineup, that's a lot of runs scored. A lot of runs scored. So it just makes it interesting because I was like all in on his ADP, like I said, before the news came out. Now it's like real tricky because you look at where he's getting drafted and guys right around him. It's like Adelise Garcia. Like we know the risks, but whatever. Corbin Carroll right behind him. T. Oscar, Eloy, Springer. Like, yeah, it's it's an interesting grouping right there. Do you take the chance on the guy that might not even be ready? I think Marte, in terms of runs, though, like you would think he'd be getting a lot of runs there, but they did kind of shift him up and down the lineup at times last year. Um, So I he had 76 last season. I mean, you could probably figure in the 80s, I would say, on the the high end. Um, So I don't I know Ross Resource has him hitting, you know, second, which he did do a lot last year, but they also did move him down at times when he struggled. So I just be careful with that. It's a it's a great point because again I was, when I was doing my rankings, I've, it just dawned on me now he was hitting like sixth on roster resource, so something shifted over the last couple weeks, so yeah. they're even moving him around and playing mm-hmm. game. That's why I always like preface it's not the end all be all. It's just a nice tool to potentially use. Uh, yes, to get our mind right. Brandon Nimmo got paid. Good for him. Got absolutely paid. Um, he played his first like kind of full season in his career since like 2018, <laughs> which was cool. Yes. Um, we know who Nemo is. Really good OBP dude. A little bit of power. Uh, he's got an ADP of like 178. It's, Runs to first base on a walk. Yeah, yeah that, <laughs> he's one of those guys. Okay. Um, he feels like he's a better real-life player than fantasy. I know that's kind of what a lot of people probably say, yeah. but how, how do you look at Nemo? Like, the ADP is not great, but I think it might be still too high for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's a little too high because, like you said, he's still – it comes with that, you know, he's still very injury prone um, projections. all peg him for over 600 PAs at the, right now. And I don't know. I, that's so tough to predict. I would say if you want to be safe, I'd project for like over 500. Um, but I think at the high end, you know, if he does hit that 600 PAs, then he might be worth it. But what are the chances that's going to happen with him? He's going to get you a ridiculous amount of runs because he's always on base and he's, like you just said behind her very good i mean in front of a lot of good players behind him so um you know he's gonna get you average runs but the problem is is not much after that so um you know i think uh i think he's kind of a risky play and i don't think i'm gonna have too much of him honestly 
Yeah, it's kind of how I am because like he's going right next to Lars Newpar, who everybody loves. Um, you have Harrison Bader a little before Mitch Haniger, Verdugo, Oscar Gonzalez, a lot of guys that aren't like the greatest thing in the world, but you can see some angles to roster construction that fit better than Brandon Nemo potentially. I guess that, I guess the only thing is at that point it's kind of like what you need, and if, I guess yeah. if you needed average and runs, then he's obviously the play there. Yeah. Um, but I'd rather some of those other guys with their upside, like new bar and stuff like that. Hundred uh, percent. Let's talk Jeff McNeil, another like really good real life player. Fantasy wise, can be frustrating. Did hit three twenty six last year, which is impressive. But he's never he's had one big power season. We all kind of like say, yeah, we know what happened that season too. Um, doesn't strike out a ton. It's it's an interesting pro- uh, proposition with him. ADP around two hundred. What do you look at McNeil for uh, fantasy purposes? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to really be into him at all for fantasy. He doesn't he gives you average, which is great, you know, um, a couple of positions, but I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to think what's realistic for him. Um, I mean, I think double digit power could happen for him, but even if so, if he's only hitting you 10 homers, he's not really stealing and he's just giving you average. And like, like you said, him and Nimmo both are just a lot better real life baseball players as opposed to fantasy, I just, I tend to stay away from both of them. Um, I mean, McNeil did hit 20 homers in 2019, but who didn't hit 20 homers in 2019? So I wouldn't expect that. Um, I think projections are pretty right. They all pretty much have him for, you know, if he does have over 600 play appearances, which I wouldn't bet on because he's never done. But if he does, basically 10 homers, you know, three to four steals and hit 280, which makes sense to me. For sure. Yeah, he's just a tough one for me to to take the chance on in fantasy. But you yeah, never know. You, you never know. Yeah, I've never been a McNeil guy. I never believed he was the 23 home run guy, but hey, more power to people. <laughs> Francisco Alvarez, though, could be a 20 plus home run guy. This is the shiny new toy in New York, but there's, um, I don't know if concerns is the right word. He's util, util, util only in <laughs> NFBC for one. ADP of 352, and we don't even know if he's starting with the team or if he's DHing or what's going on. So, like, what are you hearing on the proposition of him making the club, and how would you view him for fantasy? Yeah, so the word is that um, it sounds like he's not going to start with the team, and he would have to have, I think, a ridiculous spring to do so because the thing with the Mets is with Alvarez is they want him to be a catcher. And, um, you know, I heard, uh, I forget which beat reporter it was, but they were on the triple play, uh, fantasy podcast. And, um, what was, what's the one that's up for the reward for triple play? Uh, is it the fantasy baseball beat or something? Yes. Like? Thank you. Yeah. I want to give them a shout out. That podcast yep. is really good. Um, but, uh, the, they had hit, they had a, um, a reporter on and he was saying that, Basically, the word that he's getting is that they really, really want Alvarez to work on his defense. So there's no place better for him to do that than down in AAA. So he's most likely going to spend a good amount of time there. But it's hard to project plate appearances for him because so many things could happen. It could be as, you know, an injury to Narvaez or you know, even Nito, I guess, for that matter, where they got to bring him up or he's killing it in spring training or killing it in AAA where they just need him or they're struggling. Let's say they start the season to struggle and they need something to like kind of 
you know, put a fire under them, they could call him up. So there's so many things. Um, projection models basically only have him for sub 200 plate appearances. I personally have him for around 250 to 300 to be like super safe. Um, but he's being drafted almost as a starter right now, yeah. I feel like, um, mm-hmm. which is a little too uh, rich for me. But serious power bat. I think the Mets really do need that as, a, you know, they we came when I came when I want to say I we, but I'm not on the Mets. But when the Mets came into the offseason, the one thing they really needed to do was get a power bat because that's what they were really lacking in the playoffs and the end of the regular season. and. We thought they did that, you know, um, when they got uh, Correa, but, um, you know, we all know what happened there. So um, I think that's still a big missing missing piece of theirs. So I think if they do start off kind of slow, start off slow, or, um, you know, there's that clear need for power, they might rush him up anyway. So it's really hard to tell, and everyone's – guess could be right it's you know i mean um i'm just on the more conservative side so in terms of fantasy i am pretty much out on him he never drops to where i have in my rankings so i don't think i'll have shares there's no i in team but there is one in indeed and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours when you're hiring you need indeed instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, it's tough. Like you said, his ADP is 352, going like seven picks suitors. Brandon Belt is going to be a regular DH. Uh, if you want just catchers in general that have starting jobs, not the best catchers, but he's literally sandwiched between Joey Bart and Elias Diaz. Not the best catchers, but they will play almost every day. So mm-hmm. it's just it's tough to pinpoint that, like you said. And he's you too long. So whenever he does come up, it's going to take a little while to get catcher yeah. eligibility to make it worth it. So it's almost like a double-edged sword when he does come up. But then another thing you mentioned um, – the need for power. That's kind of why he came up at the very end of last season. They needed that extra power to platoon at DH and Mm -hmm. that could happen again easily, like uh, between injuries and other things. And then the other thing you mentioned is the Narvaez when they signed Narvaez, I think that was kind of like the writing on the wall. It's like, Hey, we're going to bring this veteran in that can Mm -hmm. handle the pitching staff right now while you figure your stuff out. That's kind of what exactly. So that's why I wanted to bring him up though. Cause just based on his ADP, I think more people that probably should be, are still believing that he's going to be this dude right out the gate. And it might be more 2024 when things are said. Right. Yep. All right. Uh, yeah, power bat. You got one. No, uh, Tommy, <laughs> Pham. Tommy Pham, 17 home runs last year, eight steals. I've always been a fam <laughs> fantasy fan just because the power speed combo he yeah. brings, but the average has dropped recently. Uh, the questions I, I have for you here, and we can kind of loop some, I guess, groupings of players, you know, like fam's ADP 365, which is intriguing to me. But you have Fam, um, you have Marcana, 
you have uh, let me get reload roster resource. You have Kana. Uh, technically, you have Vogelbach at DH. You're going to have Darren Ruff sitting around there. So you have like a slew of potential outfielder DH type dudes in there. Like, how do you assess that for fantasy? Like, to me, Fam's the best of the bunch, or maybe he's too old. So that talent's kind of left. We know Kana's got OBP skills. Plays pretty good defense. Then you know Vogel Beast is Vogel Beast and Rough. <laughs> he's yours now. But um, <laughs> how do you look at that? That's yeah. How do you look at that? I still don't understand that trade to save my life. But I'm thankful. Thankful as a Giants fan to get JD Davis for that. But uh, how, how do you look at like Fam and company in that, that back end of the lineup? Fantasy wise, you want to stay far away from this situation. In my opinion, yeah. I think it's a mess. Um, basically, I mean they're gonna. Vogelbach's going to be a strong side platoon for their DH. And I think that's why they brought Fam in is to um, be on the weak side of the platoon. So I think Fam and Vogelbach are really going to be mainly the DHs. And I think it's going to be uh, Ruff and Kana basically platooning as well. Um, Beat reporters do think, which again, I don't know, which it does make sense because they do like your army. Guillaume, right? Guillaume. I always have trouble yeah, yeah. announcing his name. Yeah. Um, so they do think that sometimes Guillaume is going to play second, which will push McNeil into the outfield at times. Okay. So I really think it's going to be a lot of moving parts and it's going to be tough to figure out who's going to get the most plate appearances. Um, Vogelbach is pretty good against righties. So I think he's oh, yeah. going to get the most playing time there. And I do think they're going to leave Canna out there most of the time. But like I said, I think I, I think Fam's kind of left out unless there's injuries or something, which will probably happen. Um, but yeah, so anyway, so this situation is just a disaster, I think, in terms of fantasy. Um, I think they're just trying to go, you know, straight like the straight up like the Giants and the Rays and stuff like that. So. Yeah. If, with those positions so i'm just fancy i wouldn't even look at them personally yeah that's it's funny you said that's why you're talking i'm thinking this is a um a wealthier raised team it feels like right now like, yeah look, look, looking like of. like the top five like it's a better team don't get me wrong like the top five are like this legit studs but that bottom part of the the projected batting order feels like that platoony like raised giants like you mentioned uh situation and it's weird with fam because like Everything you said makes sense when you look at the, the setup and platoons and all that stuff. And it makes me wonder why he signed there because he feels like just, you know, this is just me being me. He's got an ego. So you'd think he'd want to sign somewhere where he's going to play because we've seen him play for bad point. teams just to play. So I'm kind of wondering is he hurt? Does he like not want to play? I'm curious on what the heck. May, the joke I made on one show is maybe they told me he could be the fantasy commissioner for football. I don't know. Um, <laughs> or, uh, or maybe, I mean, it could just be the, they threw the most money at him too. You know, yeah, it's, it's hard to yeah. tell what his market was like. He could have just had no choice. Yeah, um, with you. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, they'll all get their share. It's just, I think the problem is that you could see a, bunch of those guys only seen like 350 plate appearances and that's not going to do it for you. Uh, a couple more quick questions here. Uh, Omar Narvaez, we've talked about him briefly when they did bring him in. I actually missed it when they brought him in. I saw like a week later, um, <laughs> but he's a guy that we know will play every day or mm-hmm. most or the, the strong side of the job. Little pop. Okay. Bad and average for a catcher. But the reason I ask is his ADP is 445. Like, is this a dude in, in, like, either 50s, DCs, even just deep two-catcher leagues that maybe has a little interest or is it just kind of like, nah, let's leave him for the waiver wire? 
at that point, he is like of negative value to me. Um, I have him as the 39th catcher. <laughs> that so, right there. so um, yeah, I mean, I mean, he hit four home runs last year. I mean, um, he's going to get more playing time for sure. Can he get to double digit home runs? I don't know. It's a, it's a bit of a reach, um, but he just, he, he's not giving you anything, honestly. No, he doesn't hit well for average. Doesn't, he's just a really good defensive catcher. And like you said, he's just better for real life. And it made sense for the Mets because he could handle all that pitching now. Um, so that's why the move was good for the Mets. But fantasy-wise, it's just he's no one I'm interested not someone I'm interested at all. <laughs> yeah, and the, the last offensive question I have for you, not offensive, offensive <laughs> question I have for you. Um, the Correa thing really murkied up the water for a bit there. With him gone now, third base is back to Escobar being there who – if he's the everyday guy, like it's still Escobar, but we've seen potential for something, I guess. Um, but and his ADP three forty three. The real question I have though is, what does that mean for Brett Beatty at an ADP of four twenty three? Because when it felt like Correa was there, the next question was, okay, where are they trading Beatty to to get like a closer, like a backup closer to Diaz or something? So, how do you look at that third base situation? Yeah. Um... Escobar played extremely well at the end of last year. Um, he went on a real hot streak, which kind of helped us almost win the division, but we didn't win. Um, well, hold the lead to the division. Um, but uh, I think personally, I think he's going to be somewhat on somewhat of a short leash. Um, I think if he starts off hot, he'll stay there. Um, but I think if he's slow and Beatty's killing it in AAA, then I think he's going to get called up. But I think as of right now, I would say Beatty's blocked and I don't see him, you know, I eventually they'll probably try and find ways to get him in there at some point, but it might not be till the later parts of the season. And, um, you know, I think Escobar is weird for me. I feel like every time I think he's bad, he plays well. (laughs) So um, like in 2021, I was like, I am not touching that guy. And then he played pretty well. Um, And then, I mean, last year, again, he started off really bad, but then he, he did make his way to 20 home runs in 240, which isn't horrendous. So I think he's definitely going to stay there uh, for the most part of the season, unless he's really bad and baby's killing it. Then, I think they'll make they don't have a problem making that swap at all. Um, okay. But for right now, I think he's blocked. Okay, that makes sense because yeah, that was the big takeaway with the Cray deal. So I wanted to see how it felt now that he's out of the way. Let's go to the mound here, and this is where it gets fun. Hmm. Loaded, loaded, hmm. and I'm not going to bring the fun. Isn't the fact that the best pitcher in baseball is not there anymore? We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> That's a different story. Uh, um, yeah, we will talk about the reigning AL Cy Young Award winner who. They signed to potentially take his spot in the rotation, I'll say, not his place. Those are two different things. And Justin Verlander, who we know is a beast last year, first season back from Tommy John, just you would never have guessed it pretty much. The biggest thing, and you'll probably hit on this, is the velocity slash strikeouts were different. But the dude was amazing. We know he's amazing. He's um, ADP is forty, almost 45 right now. So how, what are your thoughts on Verlander in New York this year? Yeah, I mean, I love it. Um, so I think the funny thing is everyone talks about his his strikeout percentage being a lot lower than career norms, but I think it just took him some time to really uh, 
get back into like, I want to call it baseball shape, because mm-hmm. if you look at strikeout rate, it rose every single month. And by September, his strikeout rate was 27% September. So he was basically getting there anyway. Um, obviously he's older, but I love this signing and I think we're gonna actually, it's, they're not on there on the, on the outline, but, um, I love the signing for, um, a couple of reasons. One, obviously you're replacing the best pitcher in baseball with someone who is basically top 10 pitcher in baseball. Uh, so you, you know, you can't really hate on that, but I, I know he's old. I know Scherzer's old, but I like it because they have good depth behind them. So we have David Peterson who looked absolutely amazing, like, very, looked really good last year. And I think at some point they're going to force him into the rotation no matter what. Um, and then obviously you have Tyler McGill, who looked really good until his injury. Then he looked like crap. Um, so I think he's super interesting. And then I know he's not amazing, but he is very serviceable. Then you have who we signed is Eliza Hernandez, and who has a crazy good slider, and maybe the Mets could do something with him. But um, I think they have three younger-ish guys who are very serviceable and who have some upside behind this entire rotation. So even if one or two of them go down, we have the depth to fill that those spots in. So um, while a lot of people are kind of all over the Mets, or you know, I've seen people say, "Oh, you know, the rotation's just so old; you've taken so much injury risk." But I think they actually have the depth to support it. So I think it makes a ton of sense. So I really yeah. like Verlander signing. Fantasy, yeah. obviously, is great. <laughs> I, I think it's phenomenal. And, like, people are like, oh, well, you got a sub two. Like, yeah, he's not going to have a sub two. Yeah, yes, obviously. But he's still no, pretty, but pretty damn three. good. Yeah, he's yeah. pretty damn good. So, like, let's, yeah. let's tone it down a bit. I, I love it. I'm with you on that one. Uh, Max Scherzer. This is, a, this is kind of a fun one, actually. Because, again, another one of the best pitchers in baseball. This isn't a question. Um, his ADP is really a half a pick behind. Verlanders mm-hmm. are going right next to each other. The thing with Scherzer in recent years is he's always has like a, an injury stint, always. It's usually the back, yeah. which is always a pain in the butt or the back. But then I look at it. Um, but when he's on the mound, he still is elite. And he's done this year in and year out. It's always great ratios, always great K to walks. Like, you know what you're getting from Scherzer when he's on the mound. So how do you look at that when you go into a fantasy draft? Like, his price has keeps going up now as the season's gone on. And now, like I said, he's going right next to Verlander. So how do you approach Scherzer? Yeah, I mean, me personally, my rankings, I have them back to back. Um, I think, you know, Scherzer to me is like a better Kershaw. So like in terms of fantasy. So what I mean by that is um, a lot of people still draft Kershaw high and they always have because he's only going to get you 150 innings, but you know, they're going to be really good innings. And I believe the same thing with Scherzer, except they're actually going to be better than Kershaw innings. he had 145 innings last year, uh, but the year before that, he did have 180. So I don't think 180 is out of the question for him. But regardless of what, how many innings you're getting out of him, I think 150 is basically the min, in my opinion. Um, and if you're getting 150 innings of a sub three ERA with a good strikeout rate, a low walk rate, you know, a really good whip, um, he doesn't give up home runs. So I just think. I think that makes them very valuable, essentially, uh, just because their floor is super high. While it's not a super high floor injury-wise, it is in terms of performance, and it's something that you can't really – that's hard to find, you know, that's not really replaceable. So um, 
You know, I think in fab leagues too, people forget, you got to realize too, that even if he does go down, you still are replacing him with someone. It's not like you're replacing him with nobody. So even if he goes down for two weeks, you could easily stream your way to decent numbers and what that'll turn his two, two, nine ERA into like a two, six ERA, which is still ridiculous. You know, you get a hundred innings of a two, six ERA guy or something. Anyone would take that any day. So you got to also think about that in terms of um, replacing the innings that he does miss. You know, if you could do a good job at that, then you're still getting a very elite pitcher overall. So, um, yeah, I think I have no problem with him, Verlander, in terms of fantasy. I think I'm like right around ADP, basically. So I have no problem with where they're going. And people might go, you can't stream someone like that. Well, you're talking Mm -hmm. to the wrong guy. So yes, you can because I I can't remember exactly what the numbers were last year. He had some pretty darn impressive numbers. Like as your system, you keep messing with your quote unquote system, and it, uh, yeah. it's that definitely feasible if you guys put the time in. I'll say that much. for sure. Um, Kode Singa. Now this one's a fun one because you've probably heard much better reports than I. But if you're just like from the outside looking in, it's this dude can be an ace. This guy is like a four or fifth starter. He might be better off with an opener. Like I've heard so many scenarios with this guy. It's, <laughs> it's insane. So, you know, first off, I'll just give the ADP here when you look at Sanga over the last two weeks and it's 196, which is not bad, but depends on what role you think he has. So how do you think Kode Sanga plays out for the Mets this year? Yeah, I mean, in terms of, I mean, I think he's obviously he's a starter for the Mets. Um, they signed him to do that. But in terms of fantasy, someone pointed out in our Discord, they're like, I'm pretty sure you're the lowest I've seen on Sanga in terms of my rankings. And that's just because I, that's just how I draft and my personal preference. Um, these guys coming from overseas are very tough to tell how good they're actually going to be. Um, throws very hard. I mean, he does have all the pieces. He has, you know, that fork ball or a splitter or whatever you want to call it that is insanely good. But the only issue with him that kind of scares me is that he does have command issues. And when anyone first comes into the league personally, whether it's a prospect or from overseas, I want them to have really good command. And apparently he can struggle with that from time to time. So whenever someone doesn't have good command, I kind of stay away from them. It's the only reason why, like, like Kirby is like one of the only prospects I was all over last year because his command was insane. So um, that's just my personal preference. That's what I've always gone by in terms of fantasy, and I have kind of uh, reaped the benefits of it most of the time. Sometimes you do miss out on some upside guys, but um, so yeah. So me personally, fantasy, I he's going too high for me. Um, but I do see the lore of it. I think if you have a safe rotation and he's coming up in ADP and you want to grab him from up for upside, then that makes sense to me. Um, I am hoping he's very good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd imagine so. Uh, I have a couple would you rathers based on his ADP because okay. you know he's going to that point in the draft where it is kind of a lot of question marks start to show up in starting pitching. So Singa at 195.8, Grayson Rodriguez at 195.7. Oh, uh, you got to go saying it just because you got to figure he's going to get more. Innings. Innings. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I, was, I just wanted to bring it up because like, I, I laughed when people see the – and not everybody's been. It's like, it depends on where you, you listen. But a lot of people are like, oh, he's, they say he might start in the rotation. He's still not going to throw that many innings. Like He's just not it, unless something really weird happened in the philosophy of the Baltimore Orioles to change yeah. that. Yeah. Um, Senga or 10 picks earlier, John Gray? Uh, man. These are hard. 
I want to say John Gray because I really like what he did at the end of last season, but he's also injury prone. Yep. So that's tough. Uh, I think I would still lean John Gray. Let's do a couple more, but there's a few here that look tempting. Senga at 195 or Reed Detmers at 201. I would go Senga. Okay, and then let me pick one more here. Senga at 195 or Sonny Gray at 214. Uh, Sonny Gray. I'm a big Sonny Gray guy. <laughs> I'm with you. Well, and that's why I wanted to make Never sure. healthy, but. Yeah. I knew you were. Yeah, it's a, it's a health thing, but like even as you would know, if you look deeper into his numbers last year, not as bad as I think people think it was. Like there was like the overall numbers weren't good, but if you look at the other underlying stuff, it was kind of interesting with him. Yeah. Now let's have that moment when we turn the lights down. Michael can light a candle and confess his love <laughs> for Carlos Carrasco, who I love as well. But you know he's the SP streamer, so people listen to him a lot more when it comes to pitching. And this dude's still Carlos Carrasco. That dude has an ADP of around 300, and I still can't wrap my head around why it's that low. Why is it we should be in love with Carlos Carrasco, Michael? Yeah, I mean, um, super, you know, definitely unlucky last season. Um, And when I, you know, I was telling you before we got on here too, um, you know, when I was researching my pitchers to do my rankings and stuff, he really surprised me because two of his pitches, both his breaking balls were, very, very good last year. Um, I mean, I knew they were good, but I didn't realize they were that good in terms of, you know, their whiff, whiff rates and all that kind of stuff. Um, overall in the season, they were ridiculously good. And then the second half, they were like above and beyond. He was like one of few pitchers who had two pitches with swinging strike rates over like 18% or whatever it was. So um, the stuff is there. I mean, he's always been, a, you know, in seasons where he's not been hurt, he's been really good. Um, you know, I, I think, I think three, nine, seven ERA is a little unlucky. I think he's closer to like a three, five, three, six ERA type pitcher. And I think he could get his K per nine back up to 10. I think he was unlucky in the strikeout, per, uh, area. Let's see. So he had, I want to see what his swing strike percentages. So his swing strike percentage was 13%. So technically he should have like a 27% strikeout rate. And last year he was only at 24%. So he was clearly unlucky in the strikeout uh, category. So I think the strikeouts are definitely going to go up. I think the ERA is going to come down. And I think he's basically a steal where he's going in AP. I love it. I have nothing to add because I've been, I love everything about what he's doing. And I guess floor is really darn good too. So give me some cookie on the mound. Uh, Jose Quintana is another member you guys uh, added to the club this year, coming off a huge 2022. Um, I was even looking outside of, you know, 2020 season, but then 2021 where he's kind of a bullpen starter back and forth. When he's been a, a let alone just starter, it's 30 plus starts every season with him, which is mm-hmm. nice to have that kind of reliability as a number five starter. Ratios were good last year. We've also remember the years where Quintana's been shelled a lot. So how do you view Quintana this year? Because as a number five, I think it's a, especially real life baseball, outstanding. Yeah, I think I think in real life terms, uh, this was a really good sign for the Mets. Like you said, they, I think they just wanted someone who could be a veteran presence, healthy, uh, just stay on the mound. Because again, they got two older pitchers up front. So um Plus, you don't know what we're going to get from Sango. So there, there are, you know, question marks. But again, I think he just is another piece uh, of depth for them. Um, obviously going to be the five-star. But in terms of depth, I mean, like, we'll stay on the mound, you know. And uh, if he's got to slot into the SP4, SP3, he can. 
in terms of performance and fantasy, yeah, I don't believe it at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, definitely, I, I don't think he's horrendous. I would, I think he's very replaceable, though. I think he's a four-ish ERA pitcher, which is nothing great. Um, so yeah, there's really not much for me to say in terms of uh, in terms of skill set because I think it's just not all there. Um, but uh, you know, fantasy, I'm staying away. Real life baseball, I get it, makes a lot of sense, and I dig it. And if for some reason it doesn't work out for Quintana, you mentioned uh, Peterson, McGill, and Hernandez. And I just wanted to bring a quick question up on them because I'm with you on Peterson. I streamed him a lot towards the end of last year. He was awesome. Um, His ADP right now is 394. McGill's is 402. And then Hernandez is 716. Mm -hmm. Are these guys that you'd still be looking to get in like your 50s and your DCs because you believe there will be a time when this, this does pay off for you? Yeah, I think they're I think Peterson and McGill's skill sets are so good where I think even if you only get like half a season from them, it's still gonna bring you value. And then plus you have the upside with them. So um, you know, they could like they could kind of really help you propel yourself in towards the top of the league if they if they do get a real um a real chance here. I just, it's just very hard for me to see a path, which is the problem is you're, you're basically looking for an injury essentially is what it is. Um, But the injury chances are high with, like we said, Scherzer always goes on the IL. Carrasco can be, is injury prone. Um, You know, you, if Sanga is just can't adapt to, you know, baseball in America, then that's an issue. So, um, so yeah. So I do think, I'm assuming I think Peterson gets the first shot, which is kind of surprising because McGill looks so dominant at some po- at certain points. Um, so I would lean Peterson over McGill. Uh, but I do think both of them are going to be fine-tuned this year. And I think uh, I think next year they're going to be relying on them more. I hope so. I want to see both of them in the rotation next season. So we'll see. But as for this year, um, I would be buying into Peterson more so than the other two. Perfect. Uh, going to the bullpen, I think this is pretty straightforward. Edwin Diaz, beast. We know who he is. Fourth pitcher off the board, ADP 22. Mm-hmm. Anybody else worth looking at in that bullpen for anything deeper? Because Diaz has a lockdown unless something just insane happens. But at that point, I don't think it matters much anymore. Yeah, I mean, I really like Adovino. Uh He was there last year and basically always stepped in when he needed for, uh, when Diaz needed rest. I think it's going to be the same thing for him. So if you're just looking for some someone with spec saves, um, I think it, the, the guy there would be out of, you know, I love that they added Robertson to really solidify, um, the, uh, the back end, but I would, I would definitely think out of, you would get the, the second chances there. So if you want to take them for, you know, assuming when Diaz will rest, or if you want to take them in case, you know, I hope not pray to God, yeah. no, Edwin Diaz does not go down, but if he does go down, I think it certainly goes to out of, you know, there. All right. Last question I have for you. If you have any, if not, uh, prospects that could have a, could have a fantasy impact. We already talked to Alvarez. We already talked Baby. Is there anybody else worth uh, maybe mentioning that would be a late flyer in drafts or someone to keep an eye on when it comes to the Mets? I mean, those are the really the only two that I think we're going to see. You could mention Cleo Lee, but I just saw apparently. Yeah, something ain't good. Not good with that yeah, one right now. Yeah, domestic abuse or something like that. So I, I don't think that's going to happen anymore. Um, but otherwise, the other guys are too young, like Mauricio and stuff. I don't think we're going to see them quite yet. 
Um, but uh, but yeah, we we basically talked about who who I think we could see this year. Beautiful, beautiful. Now, just for fun, do the Mets win the East? <laughs> Zach Clay going. Oh, Clay, Clay, Clay gave the Mets love, but Clay still picked the Braves. So I'm just asking. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't think so. <laughs> okay, I, I think the Braves are just. They're, they're just so well oiled machining. I mean, they went on yeah. a ridiculous, ridiculous run to to surpass us last season. Like, I know a lot of Mets fans were upset, but you can't. Even, you couldn't even blame the Mets for last year. Like, the Braves just were. They were the best team by far in the second half of the year. So, like, it's just by a mile. So, um, so yeah. But I think if the Mets did add Correa or they did get another power bat, I would be picking the Mets, no doubt. Yeah. But I think because they didn't, I think it's it's going to be tight between them, the Braves, and Phillies. It's going to be really fun to watch. I'll say that. I'm glad you just said it because we, we we're sitting there talking Braves Mets and the Phillies won the National League. Now we're just yeah. sitting there like like <laughs> no. they don't exist. And they're like they don't exist. <laughs> yeah, they're. I guess too. it's because they're the Phillies and like yeah. usually yeah. kind of blow it. And you know what I mean. They but, find a way to yeah. screw it up. Yes, yes. But yes, like outside correct. of Wheeler and Nola, it gets dicey in that rotation. So for sure, maybe it's a little better with Walker and company this year. We'll see. But uh, we'll wrap it up there, my friend. Uh, thanks for joining me as always, and go ahead and uh, you know plug the goodies you got going on. Yeah, um, you know, again, just writing for um, GTE, the Patreon I have with you, Curlin, George, and um, that's really it. I mean, I'm doing articles in there pretty often, and uh, and yeah, you see all my work there. And once in a while, I'll make some. I'll try and make an article free. We all do that basically. And to start the season, I'm going to leave my streaming free for probably like the first two weeks, and then I'll be behind. The, uh, I'll be behind the paywall, the chart and everything, but I will on Twitter still be saying who I'm picking that day. Mm-hmm. You just won't see who I'm picking, like, you know, Ford, down the road. For, yeah, like, because yeah. I always go like three, four, four days out, sometimes a week out. So you won't be able to see that, but you'll be seeing who I'm picking the day off. It's going to be awesome. It's fun in there. And um, I recommend Michael has, uh, this is no offense to Curl, it'll probably take it this way. Michael and George have the, better articles in the group for sure like they're deeper thought articles what i'll say so i'd highly recommend it and it's fun <laughs> watching the the projections this year so we'll check that out as well yeah but, all right remember check them out on twitter at sp streamer and we'll wrap it up there with your bench with bubba new york mets season preview catch you guys later to 25 times your money this football season test your skills on prize picks the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports just select two or more players pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics and place your entry it's as easy as that if you have the skills you can turn ten dollars into 250 dollars with just a few taps 
easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code get100. That's code get100 at prizepicks.com/get100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.